there. Welcome to the Calm Podcast, combining academia and life with Marilyn. My name is Marilyn Ritchie, and I have been a mentor and a scientist for 15 years, and I wanted to find a platform to reach more of the academic community than I interact with at my own university. My goal is to give you strategies and ideas for how to achieve harmony between work and life. Sit back, relax, and let's achieve harmony together. Hey there, this is Marilyn. Welcome back to another episode of The Calm Podcast. I'm really excited to be talking to you today. I don't know if it's the the weather and all the sunshine that we're getting in Philadelphia, but I feel like my mood has lifted greatly. Maybe it's also that the vaccine rates are rising in our area and it looks like the vaccine will be approved for kids ages 12 to 15 soon, fingers crossed. Uh, And it just so happens that I have a 12 and a 15 year old. So I don't know, I'm just having a lot more optimism about kind of where we are. Uh, The school year is ending soon. The semester is ending at my university. So I don't know, I'm feeling really good and um, excited about the week ahead. Uh, A few things I wanted to say before I get into the topic of today. First, I wanted to thank, thank you for listening. I wanted to thank all of you who have been sharing the podcast with friends. The number of listens has gone up a lot over the past month, and I haven't done anything differently. So really, I owe that to all of you who are telling your friends about the podcast, and I really appreciate that. Um, I did want to mention if you have feedback to give and, you know, suggestions for topics or things you like or don't like about the podcast, you can find me at, um, on Twitter, the handle is at the calm podcast, which is all one word, or you can send an email to the calm podcast dot feedback at gmail.com. I really appreciate those of you who have shared it, and I really would love to hear from you if you have thoughts and opinions about kind of what you'd like to hear or not like to hear on the podcast. The other thing that I'd love to ask is if you like the podcast and you have not yet subscribed on whatever app you use to listen, if you would do that, that helps other people find the podcast. And also, um, if you could rate the podcast on whatever application you're using or or post comments, that also is helpful for other people to find the podcast. So what I wanted to talk about today, so I started by telling you how, you know, I'm certainly feeling really great and having a lot of optimism about kind of where things are in the world that I'm in currently, but I think it's important to remember that There are still a lot of people in our community and in our world who are going through a lot of pain and grief, a lot of recovery. You know, the pandemic is not over. Uh, Issues of social justice are not behind us. And there's just still a lot of people who are suffering right now. And so on the one hand, you know, I, I want to embrace optimism and feeling good. And I think that those of us who are kind of feeling that we should do that. But what I want to talk about today is how important it is for all of us to remember to 
have some perspective and keep our empathy in check because how we're feeling may not reflect how other people are feeling. And, you know, I don't want those of us who are in a positive mindset to to lose that. We should hold on to that and enjoy it when it happens. But at the same time, don't project that onto others and expect that they're feeling the same way. And so, you know, it's important for us not to be shocked or surprised when other people are not feeling the same level of optimism or hope or positivity that we are at any given time. So what I'm going to talk about today are just kind of three different lenses that I want to remind all of us to keep perspective as we are kind of hopefully getting to what will be the end of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, and, And really, these perspective and um, empathy muscles are things that we should continue to uh, to work on and, and stretch and grow really all the time. All right, the first thing that I want to remind us about, and, and remember the, the podcast is called Calm, Combining Academia and Life with Maryland. Um, I created the podcast predominantly for people like me who are in academia and trying to figure out kind of work-life harmony and, and how to make it all fit together. I recognize that a lot of people who listen um, may not be in academia, and that's okay. And the, the topic for today is not just for academics, but this first point, I think, certainly hits academics hard. Um, But I think a lot of other industries are this way now as well. And it's this, the community that we are working in is global. Because in particular in academia, and as I said, you know, I don't know the the rates of uh, participation and kind of collaboration across the globe in other industries, but I know academia really well. We collaborate with people all over the world, you know, People immigrate to different countries for education and for employment, and so it is not uncommon that within our own lab group, within our department, you know, within our school, we're going to have a lot of people from different countries around the world. That is, you know, a blessing because we get to learn so much about different cultures. Right now, it's really important to keep the perspective of that global community and remember that the pandemic is affecting different parts of the world very differently right now. For example, in Israel, they are doing fantastic. The rates of COVID have dropped to almost nothing. And so our friends and colleagues in Israel are feeling really good about the pandemic. At the same time, Our colleagues and friends and family in India are suffering in, I don't know how else to say it other than an apocalyptic proportion. It is catastrophic what's happening in India right now. And if you're not aware, I urge you to go just do a search for a news story. Just, it will really help your perspective. It certainly helped mine. I read an article last weekend about it and I was just shocked I had no idea how bad it had gotten. 
But then what really hit me, there were two things this week. One was talking to one of my students who has family in India, and she was telling me that, you know, she has family members who are dying from COVID, and many of us have had people die from COVID. But what's happening there now is that even before death, when you need hospital care, there is no room. So police are going to people's homes. Yes, they are finding that they are unconscious and saying, I'm sorry, there's nowhere to take them. And so they are being left at home to die alone. That is uh, devastating. Like I can't, I can't wrap my head around it. And then at the same time, the, it's, it's just going through entire classes at school, wiping out whole groups of people. I mean, if they don't get a handle on this soon, it, it could wipe out an entire generation. It, it's really frightening. And at the same time, so while this is happening and many people in the U.S. are really hurting right now because they have friends and family in India, we have people in our community who are lacking all empathy for what's happening. I saw something on Twitter last week that I, I just, I can't even. Somebody had posted about how they were late reviewing papers for a conference and they sent an apology email. I'm sorry my reviews are late. I'm struggling to focus given what's happening in India. I have a lot of family in India and I'm trying to do what I can from here to help. I'll get my reviews in as soon as I can. And this woman tweeted this, and the reason she tweeted about it is that the response from the conference organizer, and I don't know who the organizer was, I don't even know what the conference was, but it was a screenshot of the email that was sent from the organizer. And I'm paraphrasing now, but it said something along the lines of, quote, what's happening in India is devastating. However, a lot of other reviewers also have family in India, and they managed to get their reviews in on time. So you really need to get your reviews in. As I said, that was a paraphrase. It wasn't exactly what it said. But we cannot send messages like that. People deal with trauma and grief differently. For some people, they go all in on work. They're like, you know what? I can control my work. I'm going to do my work and I'm going to go all in and I'm going to do it in almost a, an addictive way. For other people, when they are going through trauma, they cannot work. They cannot get their eyes off the TV. They are glued. They cannot think about anything else. They are totally overwhelmed with trauma and grief. We as academics and as leaders and as colleagues have to have the perspective that both truths may happen for people in our community. And we have to have empathy for the ones who are suffering and can't get their work done my goodness, we've got to give them a little space. We have to give them some time. I mean, what is happening in India right now is unlike anything that any of us have lived through before. So my, my plea to all of us is to remember that our community is global and what is happening around the world right now. And that's it, always the case. And I recognize that, but especially with the pandemic where like this is something that the entire world has gone through. But right now, I feel more than ever, the disparity of what's happening in different countries is enormous. And because our community comes from around the world, 
we need to remember to keep that global perspective and have have empathy for the people who are really struggling right now. Do what we can, those of us who are in a more positive place, do what we can to support them. You know, pick up the slack for them. If you see a colleague who's struggling, you know, how can you help them? Can you take on some of their reviews? Could you take on a little bit of their work? Could you volunteer to do a little bit more if you're in a position that is not in complete trauma and kind of catastrophic apocalyptic conditions? And and just be mindful of of the issues that are happening around the world as we navigate this kind of ongoing pandemic. I think that, you know, if we can be good citizens of the world, especially right now when when so many other countries are really suffering, um, it's just it's going to make us it's going to make us feel good and it's going to make our peers feel like they have, you know, colleagues and supporters around the world. All right, the second point that I want to make today is that we all need to recognize and appreciate the huge variability of where people are kind of mentally and emotionally right now. And especially for those of us who are leaders, which I would argue that we're all leaders. We all lead some group of people, whether it's our peers or you know, we actually lead a group, you know, in our employment or whether we're leading our household. We're all leaders, but but especially those of you who are a manager of people at work. Remembering that that where people are, it's just different. I mean, it's always different. But right now, I, I don't know, I feel like it's especially um, pronounced. And there was a saying, and I I wish I could find who originally said it. And I've searched online. I can't find whose quote this is. This is not mine. Someone made the comment earlier. So I think, you know, very early in the pandemic, people were saying, we're all in the same boat. We're in this together. And then someone corrected it. We're not all in the same boat. We are all in the same storm, but we're not all in the same boat. And I know I've mentioned that on the podcast before that, you know, some people are in this pandemic in a yacht and other people are, you know, on a a piece of driftwood in the ocean. And so I think that perspective, many of us have, have figured out over the course of the last 14, 15 months. But I think we're quickly transitioning into a time when we're not even in the same storm anymore. I think now the, the, you know, the storm conditions are shifting. And in some cities and towns and states, and we just talked about globally, the the storm is, you know, barely a drizzle. And in other areas, it's still, you know, still a torrential downpour. And more importantly, even within our own, you know, neighborhood and households and lab groups, where people are processing this kind of emotionally, it's just very different. I know I've talked with friends and I've talked even with my lab group about kind of this work from home to back into the lab or back into the office transition. What is that going to look like? I know some who are so eager to get back into the office, like they can't wait. They're going to go five days a week and they want to be all in and they are counting down the days. 
I know others who are very apprehensive about going back into the office. And for some, it's kind of fear and social anxiety. For others, they just really love working from home and don't want to go back in five days a week. Having the perspective that kind of everyone's feeling different about that is important. Similarly, conference travel. You know, back in the day, pre-COVID, I used to travel three or four times a month. And travel has been none for 15 months. We're about to start it this fall. You know, I have some invitations and some conference are ha- conferences are happening in person. And I also saw recently uh, a colleague had said, one of the conferences basically said, you know, you're invited to speak, but if you don't agree now to speak in person, just decline because we're having this in person and all speakers must be in person, no exception. And I thought, come on, man, like, how can we confirm and guarantee anything right now for an event that is six months away? Like, we don't know what the pandemic's going to look like. Yeah, you could say right now, I confirm I'll come in person. But the reality is no one can, with certainty, say that they can travel in October right now. I'm recording this episode in the first week of May. How can we know what October looks like? This pandemic has changed so much over the last year, you know, yes, we can, with all the best of intentions, plan on going somewhere in October, but we cannot guarantee anything. So this idea that, you know, we're just going to like flip a switch and all start traveling again, and it's just going to be just like it was, that's just, that's not a real perspective. We need to be mindful that some people aren't going to be able to travel because of being high risk, because of fear because of the the effects that COVID has had on their family or their finances, their childcare. There are just a lot of reasons that conferences are going to be different and they're going to have to be different. And our expectations for ourselves and for one another, we just, we have to be ready that it's just not, we're not going to flip a switch. It's not just going back. And then similarly, our ability to, to meet deadlines and focus on things, it's just highly variable right now. The people who have lost a lot in terms of actually like losing family in the pandemic, lost jobs, lost financial resources, lost childcare, there's just, there's just a lot of additional disparity beyond the fact that you know, we had a lot of disparity before the pandemic, but right now it's just even more variable. And so again, back to this idea of perspective and empathy, just kind of zoom out. So we have our perspective and the lenses that we look at the world through, you know, it, it's based on our history. It's based on our circumstances. It's based on where we are right now. I've been trying for myself to zoom out, you know, go out 30,000 feet and and look broadly at what is happening for others and be aware of that. Certainly as I'm mentoring my students, I'm trying to be aware of, you know, what is happening in their world, in their families and extended families, because many of them are international students. What is happening in their community? You know, students are being mandated to get the vaccine, whereas others aren't. 
um, at least not yet. And in some jobs, they are. Just being very aware and, and having empathy for what others are going through. The, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Certainly in the U.S., you know, numbers are starting to drop. Vaccine rates are starting to rise. It, it looks like we are going to be on the other end of this, assuming and praying that we don't have another wave. We need to be diligent and continue to do the things that the CDC recommends so that we don't have another wave. But while we are kind of pivoting into the space of, you know, maybe starting to do more work and starting to to get things kind of back on track, just remember that, like, if you are, that is awesome. And I'm, I'm happy for you and you should be happy for yourself. But if your peers are not, if your colleagues are not, if your friends are not, just try to remember to, to keep that perspective and, and empathy for those who are, who are still struggling to, to get back into work, to get back into the office. We'll all get there eventually, but kind of the, the rate or the pace at which we deal with it just may be different. The last thing that I want to talk about today is reminding ourselves to focus some of our perspective on our health and wellness. You know, I harp on that a lot, and I was really glad um, over the last kind of two weeks, I've listened to a number of different podcasts and different podcasters, and many of them have brought up this point which reiterated to me how important it is. Our mental and physical well-being is directly correlated with our ability to be productive members of society, to do a great job at work. You know, we have to be in a good mental state. We have to be physically healthy. It's just to perform at the top levels, that's what we need. And life has been pretty stressful for for everyone over the past year. And it manifests differently for different people. You know, some people, when they get stressed, as I mentioned earlier, they go all in. They are like hypervigilant, working almost to the point that that you worry that they're not allowing themselves to process what's happening. And there are others who end up with illness. I mean, I know some who, under a lot of stress, they get migraines. I know others who get vertigo. I know others who get tremors. I mean, stress can just cause physical ailments that make it really hard to work. So I'm trying to remind myself to you know, pay attention to how I'm feeling and you know, do what I need to do to respond to that, that feeling. Um, the, there, was two, there were two things this week that, that really resonated with me. One, I actually tweeted about this yesterday. There's a podcast episode on Spotify. It's on Brene Brown's Dare to Lead podcast, and she interviewed Angela Duckworth, um, who is the author of the book Grit. They, I mean, it's a great episode. You should just, if you listen to podcasts, I strongly recommend it. I think the date is April 19th, 2021, and it's on Spotify only. It's a f- phenomenal conversation. 
they definitely talked quite a bit about kind of how they handle emotions and stress and, you know, jealousy and and things like that. But one of the things that, um, that they mentioned is how when you are getting burnt out, you can start to notice that you respond differently to issues. So when you're in your flow, you're in a good mental state, you're physically healthy, you know, things are going well. When a stressful thing happens or a bad thing happens, you just kind of roll with it. You're like, okay, these things happen, off it goes, and you just kind of keep on keeping on. When you're at a heightened state of stress and you're at kind of burnout levels, when something happens, it like completely takes you over the edge and you're like unable to do anything and you're totally losing it and you have either, you know, like a tantrum and you're like, you know, super, super angry or you get really upset and start crying. And it's because kind of your surge capacity is just worn out. You're burned out. It was a good reminder that, you know, we've got to remember to to have empathy for ourselves when we are super stressed and just be like, okay, I can get through this time. What do I need to do to kind of bring myself back to equilibrium? How do I get back to to neutral? Um, I talked about that uh, several podcasts ago. There's a, a great book by um, Trevor Moad, and he talks about kind of getting to neutral. I also read an article this week in the New York Times. Um, Adam Grant, who is a, a great professor at the Wharton School at Penn, he talks about this concept of languishing. It was really interesting. I'd never really thought about this. Um, it's a, you know, the the emotion that is kind of the, what does he call it? He called it the n- neglected middle child of mental health and how it can dull your motivation and focus. And he said it may be the dominant emotion of 2021. And so the idea is this. Um, it may not be burnout. You still have energy, so you're not burned out and completely depleted. And it's not depression. You're not hopeless and sad. You're just kind of blah, joyless, aimless. And there's a name for that emotion, and it's called languishing. So uh, here's a quote from the article. Languishing is a sense of stagnation and emptiness. It feels as if you're muddling through your days, looking at your life through a foggy windshield and it might be the dominant emotion of 2021. I thought this really captured what I am hearing a lot of people going through right now. And that is, you know, just this feeling of blah. And, you know, whether it's ourself or whether it's members of our lab or our team, whether it's our our peers, our family, our friends, you know, keeping the perspective that how you're feeling may not be how other people are feeling. And we can't expect them to feel how we're feeling. And I think what we want to try to do is surround ourselves, and whether that's in person or if that's on the phone or whether that's online, with people who are kind of mentally and physically doing well. And, you know, what can we learn from them? What can we adopt from them so that we can get ourselves back on that track um, if we're not feeling that way? The stress is going to happen. 
bad things are going to happen. It's really, you know, we don't have any control over that. What we have control over is how we deal with them and how we respond. When we're in kind of a languishing state or a, a negative place, it's really hard to deal with them. So whatever we can do to, to get our health in check, to focus on our wellness, and that's both mental, mental and physical, will go a long way towards kind of getting through the rest of this pandemic, being able to focus and get things done at work, and being able to be a good member of our, of our community, of our family, and of our lab group. You know, in closing, I just, I want to mention again the importance of empathy. I know I've probably said it a million times in this episode, but I've, I've been noticing in different scenarios lately that um, emotional intelligence is really an important part of being successful at work. And a huge part of emotional intelligence is empathy. Being able to understand what someone else is going through, being able to see the world through their lenses instead of your own, being able to, to understand kind of how they're feeling. It's just, a, it's a huge skill and really helpful in mentoring and in leading and in, you know, working with others. But also remembering not to allow it to dominate our own emotions. So I have a lot of friends who are empaths as well, and and my daughter is, and I am, and we'll talk sometimes about how, on the one hand, it's such a great strength to have empathy and be able to, to really understand what someone else is going through, but when there is a lot of suffering, it it almost becomes a handicap because you overfeel, like you feel everybody else's emotions, and it it can sometimes be hard to kind of zoom back out. You get so zoomed in on how other people are feeling that you forget, like, I'm not them. I have to zoom back out and and live my life. And yes, I want to feel for them and do what I can to be supportive and, you know, give of my time and give of resources and, and do what I can to support other people who are struggling. However, uh, we have to titrate that empathy such that we don't allow it to, to overwhelm and, and overcome kind of all of the things that we need to focus on and do. So if you're someone who, you know, does not really have a lot of empathy, um, trying to work on that muscle, I think, can be really helpful in being a good leader, being a good colleague, because it gives you some perspective on what others are going through. But if we are, and this is to myself, it's a reminder as well for those of us who are big empaths, um, remembering to to zoom back out and have kind of broader perspective. Don't allow ourselves to get overwhelmed by what others are going through, so that so that we can keep kind of moving through life with our um, our mindset and our focus and and contribute, you know, as best we can. So with that, I'm going to wrap up for today. Again, thank you to those of you who have been sharing the podcast. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend and I will wrap up. Take care. Have a good week and I'll talk to you next time.
you've just listened to another episode of The Calm Podcast. I hope that some of the strategies that I talked about are helpful to you in your journey through academia and life. As they say, it's not all about the destination. It's about the journey. Let's make it a great one. Until next time.